to the Toy Lines Podcast. With me as always, Ian Westhoff. And I'm Tom Romero. Today's episode is based on Toy Store Near You, which is premiering Season 2 on Christmas Day on Amazon Prime Video. And we're very fortunate enough, we did a quick interview with the creator of A Toy Store Near You, Brian Volk-Weiss. You may remember him as the creator of a nice little cute show on Netflix, The Toys That Made Us. So that's exciting. How you doing, Ian? I'm doing good, Thomas. How are, how, how are you? Awesome. <laughs> After speaking with Brian this week, I ventured out or hobbled along to Sacramento, California. There, I found a nice little store called Toy Fusion. It was a mom-and-pop shop. Had some interesting items. Had um, new toys, which I was very surprised about. They had, they actually had the NECA uh, turtle figures. Yeah. And they weren't overpriced. So, folks, if you're listening, please go venture out. I know we're in COVID. Mask up. But venture out if you can. Stop by uh, your local comic store or your local toy store and discover brand new things. See, one of the nice things I find in one of those shops is you're not only shopping, but it's kind of like a almost like a museum. You know, you can you can see stuff that you never saw as a kid. It's stuff true. that, yeah. you know, stuff that you didn't see at Toys R Us because you were too young and they didn't have it at the time. Just things like that. So I implore you, listeners, venture out. But be safe, first and foremost. And then, so recently, I'm from Jersey, folks. So I went to Toys R Us. I, I know, yeah, I know it wasn't a mom and pop place, but I figured Ian talked about it. So I figured I'd give it a shot. How do you feel about that Toys R Us setup? It's it's not our Toys R Us. It's not. It's, it's more they like a, had, a display store than anything. Yes, definitely. And it really, they didn't really have anything for the collector. I mean, no. they had a large, impressive, mind you, uh, Lego section. But other than that, I mean, they had one peg of Black Series figures. Yeah. yeah they, from, they, I went from Endor. The same day as you. It was um, just later on, I found out when we talked later that day. And um, when I was there, the employee... Uh, of the Toys R Us, we were talking because I had a, a Star Wars jacket on, and he actually told me if I wanted to find more Black Series figures to go to um, GameStop because uh, they don't that Toys R Us didn't really have a lot. So if, you know, you get an employee of your store telling you, surely go to this other store, you'll have a bad luck finding things. Kind of says something about you know the the stock that they're having. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's not our Toys R Us, but it was kind of cool that. Uh, Employee told you that. Yeah, I, I'll be honest. Um, stores like GameStop and Barnes and Noble and more stores are carrying toys or you know pop or you know those little assorted keychains and things like that. But they're very expensive. I was in Five Below, and they have um a lot of figures, a lot of toys of these types for under obviously five and below. Some of them are five dollars. Some of them are two dollars and what Barnes and Noble will charge you for, for like one of those mystery blind boxes, like up to 10 or $12, they were selling for like two bucks. So I don't know if uh, five below is nationwide or not, but um, it's a place that you really should consider checking out. Like when back in the nineties, probably right up to right before I met you, Tom, it was um, 
I used to do go on toy runs back when we had toy stores. And um, a buddy of mine, him and I used to go to the Sky Jock, and we could set out and go, uh, set out and go to two Toys R Uses within you know Route Four and Seventeen within the vicinity. We can go to a KB toy. We can go to another KB toy in another town. We could spend hours driving to toy stores looking for toys, and you might not even find anything. But that was kind of like the best part about it because you were out. Yeah, but know, do you do you actually enjoy the hunt? I, I a lot of people do. I'm not one of uh, those hunters. Well, see, that's an interesting question because now, because I'm broke, yes, because <laughs> I can't afford it anyway. So better off, I don't find it. But looking back on it, I realized the joy of what toy hunting was, was to hunt. Um, part of it was finding it. And, and part of it was just like on a summer night going out with your friend and like, you know, windows down, radio on, talking, you know, Star Wars and just looking for toys. And then that was part of it. Part of it is also like, oh, you know, great. Just found something for my collection. Excellent. But, uh, you know, it, it, it's kind of, and this is out for me to say that I enjoy the hunt. Because I am really a glass half empty kind of guy. In fact, I am more like a glass is empty kind of guy. So for me to say something that positive, um, the more I, the more I look back and the more I look at the future of things. Um, when you were visiting, we went to uh, Jay and Bob's. We did our little uh, Red Bank run, and um, you know, I kind of was kind of hoping to find stuff, but I was also didn't bother me in a way that I didn't because um, it was just you know hanging out with my friend and, and, and we were doing what we used to do. And that's, to me, that's part of what it's all about collecting, you know, that, that camaraderie. So yeah, I guess I enjoy the hunt. Yeah. I'm not a big hunter guy. I remember. You like fishing. The, that's why I think. The last hunt I actually went on. <laughs> well, it's tougher now though, because there's yeah. not as many well, places. You got target, that's true. You know, compared to the day. Yeah. But we got evil day. So I Kind of, yeah, but that's I mean, like, you, you don't even leave it. the house, you know, it's like, right. this made you actually go out, and if, do you remember when they sold the, um, Forest Ghost Ben Kenobi? Yeah, so it was a mail-away offer from Lay's. You had to buy two bags of potato chips. Okay. I remember going and buying, like, these two bags of potato chips, taking them home, opening a bag, cutting out the proof of purchase, you know, cleaning off the potato chip grease just to mail these things in so I get a stupid action figure. But that was part of the thing. That was part of the game. Like, you know, you wanted to get this figure. Like a scavenger hunt in a way, but yeah, the internet it makes it easy and not easy, and, and what well, makes it easy because you could find it for a price, but it's also like you know, well, you, you don't get out there as much, and especially in our current situation. Of course, you know, back then it was just going out and then you know probably hitting up a diner afterwards for like a burger, and you know those are the things I, I miss. I miss doing those things. See, when I was hunting, I was I used a different tag. I would call the store ahead of time. Mm-hmm. And see if they had it. Like, I remember the last hunt I went on was back in the 90s. And I just got into Power Rangers. And they had a special, well, I don't know if it was a special edition. They had the movie Rangers coming out. Okay. And the White Ranger was the hardest one to find. Is that like 93 ish, 94 ish around there somewhere? 97. Okay. Yeah. Way off. So I called every Toys R Us route for. You know, 17, uh, 46. Now, these aren't codes, uh, ladies and gentlemen. This is all New Jersey. These are all Jersey places. Highways, byways. So I called them. I found one in Cherry Hill that had one. I was like, all right, man, I'm I'm coming up north. You know, could you hold it for me? And the guy was really cool about it. He's like, yeah, yeah. So that 
that was that's as far as I'll go for hunting. Yeah, but you went from North Jersey to South Jersey, right? So you're going down towards the end of the end of the state in a way, right? I mean, but, Cherry Hill is not the end of the state, but you were heading in that direction, right? But it's pretty dedicated. Yeah, but here's the thing: the hunt the hunt part, because I know going down to Cherry Hill was a sure thing. I mean, yeah. sure of it. Oh yeah, I mean that's yeah. I get so frustrated. I show up to a place and nothing's there. Well, <clears throat> Target. <laughs> See, that's a smart move, especially if you're going to go um, an hour out of your way. Um, it'd be risky if you didn't call. Exactly. And, you know, that that's the part of the hunt where it's, you know, like, I'm going to quote the last crusade here. You lost today, kid. It doesn't mean you got to like it. You know, it's just you go out to hunt again. One of the things would be. Uh, yeah, but when do you give up the hunt? Uh, well, that's the thing. Because we've been, I'll, I'll put it to you something a little bit more current. We've been going back crazy looking for these movie turtle figures from NECA. Mm-hmm. Can't find them anywhere. Right. You know, plus we're also in a new age where we're dealing with scalpers now. Bots. Well, yeah, we, we had scalpers then, but yeah. I mean, there's no internet, but there were store, you know, comic store guys. But yeah. Yeah. yeah but yeah, now it's the- just, yeah, now it's just more um, high tech. But yeah, I think, I don't think the hunt ever ends in a way. I think you're a pretty much a collector for life. But, um, and let's put it, so let's look at it this way. I don't buy a lot of toys. I, for a guy who does a toy podcast, um, and I I get, you know, for just so people know, I get nothing sent to me from anybody. Um, you know, toy company wise, if I get a toy, I buy it. Even though I don't buy a lot of toys, there's that part of me that when I'm in Target, I have to go look. If I'm in, uh, Barnes Noble, they have a little, toy section games and all that i have to go look because it's just part of your dna you know because it's just like it's it's part of what made makes you you and um i don't think that'll ever go away and uh i like that i like that it even okay i could probably be a grandfather and i'll still do that i mean i might buy some for my kids but then my grandkids but then i'd be buying it for myself as well so if whatever new version of Star Wars stories is out that day, um, whenever that is. But yeah, I, I don't think the hunt ever goes away. The urge to hunt, I just think it becomes a different form. Perhaps you create a show on Netflix about toys from your childhood. You know, you, you just branch off. We, perhaps you do a podcast and talk about toys and, and the days of toy hunting, you know? So yeah, I, I mean, some people can continue to collect and do so and are, you know, very successful. Some people, maybe, maybe they, they tighten up their collection. So I'm just going to focus on this one thing, but, um, I just think, I don't think you can ever get rid of it. You can maybe, uh, it's just a beast within. Now we're living in a Toys R Us less, the way it used to be, I should say. Except for like Japan we, and Canada. Right. Cause they do exist, but in America where we really have to focus on these mom and pop stores. I was watching, we got a special preview of, of season two. And a lot of these stores are actually, they have gimmicks to lure people in. There's one in Southern California, or Chicago, excuse me. They actually have stage built into their store so they can have rock bands in the store while people are shopping for toys. That's crazy. I mean, it is. I mean, you folks, I implore you, uh, if you have Amazon Prime Video, watch even watch season one. But my point is, this is the new age now, you know, for us, for collectors. You know, we, we have to find these toy stores. And even even 
local comics stop, uh, shops. Sure. That have I, I stopped by Paradox Comics in North Arlington, which was my old comic store at the time. Not only do they have back issues, but tons and tons of toys just hanging out there. So what I'm trying to get at is, do we still hunt or do we just go online now? You know what it is? In, but let's compare it to your favorite cartoon, Primal, in a way. He had to hunt constantly to eat, to survive, right? And when you're a young kid um, in your early teens or 20s and you're a collector, that's kind of how you feel. You have to buy. You have to collect. So you're out. At least we were out constantly collect as humans evolved. That that constant need to hunt, you know, fight or flight kind of dropped in a way. Um, you know, it's a food store. You can get it anytime you want. Some of them are twenty four hours. And now our hunting has become more so with the technology. If I want to go, hunt, if I want to buy something, I could just go sit on my couch, fire up the laptop, and just go on the internet. I can probably find it within five minutes. For various prices and conditions. So in a way, um, collecting or hunting is, is still alive. It's just gone evolved or maybe devolved, if that's even a word. But, you know, depending on how you look at it. Oh, glass half empty, full thing. Uh, when I, I remember there were a lot of stores, mom and pop ones. Um, there was like a lot of educational toy stores. There was um, just a lot of great places when we were growing up. You know, we had Child's World. We um we had a KB, KB. toy store back when it was KB toy and hobby, but before they got rid of the hobby part, um you know FAO Schwartz in the city was a tourist center for for sure and way overpriced. But uh, I used to go in the city with my buddy Jacques, and we would always go to Toys R um to FAO. I never I don't think we bought anything, but it was cool to go too. And of course Toys R Us. And I remember being a kid early to late eighties. Um so. I don't know, maybe nine or 10. So Nickelodeon was out and they, I believe it was Nickelodeon. They had a contest that they'd made with Toys R Us. It was a, I believe it was called the Nickelodeon Toy Run. Do you remember this? And so if you enter this contest, you would get five minutes. How many times did you enter? I never entered. What? I never entered. But like we used to, well, I'll finish explaining it for those who don't know. You get five minutes in, in, in Toys R Us. And I believe you can fill up as many carriages at a time, uh, you know, you, yeah. as you could. You could get up anything you want, and then you get it for free. And I remember. Well, you have to pay taxes on. It. Oh, that's why I found it. Yeah, that's why I found out. Ah, oh, what a gimmick! But the thing was, I would talk to like my brother and sister, and I'd be like, I, I'd start in Star Wars section, and then I'd go to this, and then you know, you just oh yeah, you'd plan it out. Yeah, you had it all. Uh-huh. I, there was an ep- <laughs> this is so pathetic. There was an episode of Dennis the Menace which was a black and white TV show, I believe from the 50s or 60s, Jay North. But there was an episode sort of like that where Mr. Wilson, there was some kind of spree where if you were the, I don't know, 100th number person, you could get a shopping spree in this pharmacy type store that sold all the general store, I guess you would call it. And you know, I got Mr. Wilson's counting people in and out of the store and he's being a real jerk about it. And, you know, of course, Dennis comes over and he's, hey, Mr. Wilson. And he starts talking to him and he gets flustered and, Dennis goes in and he wins. And Mr. Wilson is like a sore loser. He leaves, right? So it isn't the dude who goes over the next door and never calls Dennis's father by the first name. It's always Mitchell because his name is Dennis Mitchell. And he's like, um, can I borrow like two lead pipes and this? And, and he set up this stupid display of how the story is and timed himself, right? So Dennis wins and what's his face? Mr. Wilson goes home to cry to Martha. And then uh, Dennis is doing all this stuff, right? And then the owner gets mad at him. He's like, yo. 
you can't, it's whatever you can carry out. So he's putting all the stuff in a hammock. And the people there who are watching, you know, these old nice, well-dressed people in suits and hats and ladies in dresses were like, leave him alone. You never said how he had to carry him out because you kept putting all the stuff on a hammock. Good old Dennis, who's like best friend is Mr. Mitchell, who's this old man, which is kind of weird. But, you know, he, he pretty much got everything Mr. Wilson wanted. And um, then he felt like a heel, that Mr. Wilson. So be nice to your neighbor, neighborhood children. Do you remember during Nickelodeon, they would actually, they video recorded. They did. They would show you the toy run. The winners, yes. Oh, I hated that kid. Whoever won, I was like, oh, I hate you. Should be me. No, I was just like, I was like, yeah, I was good for jealous. him. You know, yeah. he beat the system. Tell me, why are you so nice? I was jealous. Then, then years the later, system. I found out about that that tax. Well, the, well, not even the kid. The parents had to. Yeah. <laughs> How much? And and he, he, you were right. He did have two shopping carts full. At least, yeah. And some kids yeah. would take bikes and stuff. And you know, That's right, yeah. So it was literally like um, whatever you, you know, whatever you want, you can get. Uh, yeah, that I thought of that today, you know, prepping for the show. And I was like, oh, I wonder if Tommy and I was like, he has to have known about this because we're like a year oh, apart totally. in age. Yeah. So um, that was pretty cool. I remember, you know what? It's probably on YouTube. If you look it up, you could probably. Oh, my God. Yeah. Right. I'm going to I'm going to look that up there tonight when I'm bored because, you know, bring back memories. Yeah. Now, yeah. let me ask you this, and I'm going to repeat myself because I asked Brian this. Do you think we'll ever see another Toys R Us again in our lifetime? Like a, a, a big box store, some, you know, somebody that actually cares? I think eventually. I think like all things, um, it's like a cycle. I think when people say like Egon, print is dead. Um, I think thing books will never die out. Um, I don't think, you know, I think um those tangible things will always be there so it might be an online thing for now somewhere down the line someone's gonna have a store mom and pop store maybe in the city you know like on like the uh the hip village area of a city and it'll start like that and more and more you'll see stores opening and eventually there will be a toy store whether it'll be toys or i hope it's i don't even know if i hope it's toys or us i just hope it's a chain that can survive and do well and have toys lots of them and not overpriced i think i'm asking for a lot but i think yeah eventually we will but it really is a matter of like when you know as a matter of if or uh, if that makes sense and with that i'm going to introduce our guest brian volk weiss and my interview with him with us right now is our special guest brian volk weiss to tell us about season two of a toy store near you that will premiere on Christmas Day on Amazon Prime Video. At the heart of the story, this docu-series focuses on collectors like ourselves that are so passionate about toys and collectibles that they have dedicated their lives to the industry. COVID-19 is currently part of our society and is affecting all small business communities across the world and is placing a strain on these store owners. So Brian, thank you for doing this with us. How did you get the idea for this show? Uh, first of all, thank you for having me. Um, I was in uh, Black Cat Comics, which is in Burbank, California. And uh, they had said, the, the government had said a quarantine was coming. And I was just talking to Kyle, and I was who owns it. And I'm like, dude, what happens if there's a quarantine? And Kyle goes, well, I don't know. But I mean, if I had to guess, all of our money coming in stops and none of our expenses go down. So 
when I heard that, I was like, well, what can we do to help? And I was like, well, we have a production company. Why don't, why don't we make a show? So we reached out uh, to the community worldwide and we got 50 stores all over the planet um, that wanted to do the show. And that's, that's what started it. That's awesome. Now, how important, in your opinion, are these mom and pop shops to the collecting community? They're everything. They're, there's no vintage toy aisle at Barnes and Nobles. There's no vintage toy aisle at Walmart. So without these mom and pops, uh, there's no collecting community, except for, of course, online. But that gets old. Like, you can only do so much of that. Like, walking into a store, obviously, I could tell from behind you, you understand. But even the smell that you get when you walk in, like, it's like a smell, it, it, it makes, it's, it's, for people like us, it feels like peace. And you can't get that online. Exactly. It brings us back to when we were kids. I mean, yeah. just by looking or even holding a box, you can just, even for a brief second, you can get that feeling of, you know, at Christmas Day when you opened up your, your first figure. Yeah, exactly. Now, what have you learned from this experience? You've been traveling and meeting a whole bunch of eclectic people. I mean, unique people, a lot of people are, that are very passionate about toys. So I've learned two things, but I just want to tell you, we've done no traveling. Everything in the show, the owners and their employees shoot it themselves. They send us the footage we edit it, we do the color correction, add music and all of that, and then we distribute it. But I don't wanna take credit for something we're not doing. That is shot entirely by the stores. We give them a list of what we need. And then once we start editing, we send them more lists of what we then need even more of. We don't shoot it. I've learned two things, and it's really dependent on the time of COVID, what I learned. So between March, April, and May, when the whole world was dealing with this for the first time, I learned that these store owners are very tough, strong people, because almost all of them said to me at one point, yeah, this sucks, but I've been through bad things before. Like, nobody was sad or depressed. Nobody was angry. Nobody was helpless. Everybody was ready to fight. And everybody fought. Uh, Farpoint Toys, which is in season two, in the middle of COVID, they got hit by lightning and like a fire spread throughout their store while they were in it, by the way. So like, and even Farpoint, they weren't depressed. They weren't like, woe is me. It was just whatever. So I learned they were very tough. What I learned probably starting in August, is that almost, this may blow your mind, almost every every store I've talked to, and I haven't talked to all 50, but every store I've talked to is having the best year in the history of their store. And I know that's very surprising to a lot of people, but the theory is that a lot of people have lost their jobs, but a lot of people not only have not lost their jobs, they're not going to Disneyland. They're not going to expensive dinners. They're not buying, you know, expensive bottles of wine at an expensive dinner. So they got a lot of money in their pocket they normally don't have. And, 
Yeah, I mean, there's a store I'm very close to. The guy told me Wednesdays are like Saturdays and Saturdays are like Christmas. Because I know the same thing's happening in the comic book community. A lot of stores are reporting that there's an increase on back issues yeah. more than, than current stuff. Well, I mean, Lego's having its best year. Chess, I think, is having its best year in the last 800 years. Like, puzzles, the puzzle business is, like, the biggest puzzle manufacturer just had to build a factory next to its factory. Like, yeah, it, for certain businesses, it's it's not been all bad. That's excellent. That's great to hear, especially, you know, with all these places going under and having yeah. all these shutdowns. You've been around toys a long time. Do you think we'll ever see like a Toys R Us pop up again, something that major, or do you think it's just going to be coming down to these local businesses? It's such a great question. Like we should see one because Toys R Us didn't go out of business because of market conditions. Toys R Us went out of business because a bunch of scumbag bankers bought the business, over leveraged the business, put the money in their pockets and then it went bankrupt. And it's very easy to go bankrupt when you have a lot of debt you have no business having. So on the one hand, there should be another Toys R Us because I think the market supports it. By the way, Toys R Us is doing just fine in Canada right now. It's doing just fine in Japan and China right now. So, but on the other hand, I'll be honest with you, and this is painful for me to say, I mean, you can see what I'm surrounded by, but people don't get toys, like they don't get it. So it's like, you go to a bank or an investment fund and you're like, I'm designing a new app and that app is gonna blah, blah, blah. Or you're like, I'm building a new airplane company that can go really fat, like that's sexy to a bank or an investment brokerage. You go and you're like, hey, I wanna start a big toy store. They're like, eh, you know, yeah, it's just for kids. So. There should be, and maybe it's someone like you or me that does it, but I I don't think it'll be anytime soon, which again is really silly. And the other reason it's silly, I think a lot of people like you and me were optimistic Target and Walmart would step up. They're definitely trying, (laughs) like no doubt about it, but dude, they never have anything I want. Everything's always Everything I got this year has been online. Like, they're always out of it. I'm always like, did you get like eight baronesses nationwide? Like, what? Like it doesn't make any sense. And I'm like, Hasbro, are you only making eight? Like, where are, where are they? Exactly. So, I have the same problem with the NECA figures trying to get Ninja Turtles. I'll tell Randy you said that. <laughs> now, I'm glad you brought up the point of online stores. Do you think that's where the future of collectors are going to go to? Like, is everything going to be online or do you, again, I, I may be repeating myself, but do you ever possibly see like a, like, is it just going to be these smaller brick and mortar stores? Because even on, during your show, a lot of these stores have gimmicks. Like the one episode had the store with the rock and roll band stage actually built into the store. Yeah. Which is great. great. But do you think that we're just going to always be online looking for stuff or will we ever go into the brick and mortar again? You know, it's funny this morning I was giving notes on an episode from three uh, season three that's in Holland and uh, the owner of the store had a great line. He said, 
Before COVID, we were a store with an online component. Today, we're an online store with a physical component. And I think for some stores, that's going to be the new normal. But the other thing that's interesting to me, in seasons one and two, those 10 stores, of those 10 stores, four stores said, like, they own a store because they want to own a store. And if they had to permanently shift to online only, they would shut it down and not do it. So I think it's just going to be based on case by case. But the one thing I'll say is because there's a new, like real, there are many more people collecting vintage toys today than there were three, four years ago, let alone 10 years ago. Because of that, and also because prices are rising, I predict like in 2021 through 2024, we will see more new vintage toy stores pop up than in any other comparable period in history. That's great to hear. I mean, not only for the collecting community, but in general America, you know, yeah. I mean, we're, we're, you know, building up the economy again, exactly. especially, especially even on these times. Yeah, exactly. I know um, I'm going to jump around a little, but I know my listeners are going to be upset with me if I don't at least ask anything about the toys that made us. Is there a new season in production? I'm going to tell you the only thing I can tell you, which is what I tell everybody. Stay tuned. And then just real quick. Well, because Netflix is just butchering shows left and right. Do you think this upcoming season will be its last or is there still... Of Toys That Made Us? Yes. I I don't think it will be the last. Awesome. I, I can't promise anything. I can't say anything, but I I don't I don't think we've seen the last uh, Toys That Made Us episode, if I had to guess. Awesome. Now, one of the great aspects of season two is you're going international to different stores. Yeah, in season one, we had a store in Japan. Uh, in season two, I believe all the stores in season two are in the U.S. Uh, and mm-hmm. then season three... Uh, We have an episode in Holland, season four, where you do another store in Japan. Uh, We have a bunch of stores in Canada. In fact, there was a, no, sorry, Cherry Bomb. Uh, I know the United States did not annex Canada this year. Um, But yes, so we do have a Canadian store in season one, Cherry Bomb Toys, which is in Victoria, but uh, Canada. But um, uh, I believe season four, we have an episode back in Japan season five there's an episode in mexico city uh and then i think we have two other stores in canada that's awesome now have you gotten any feedback from these stores as far as hey thanks for having me on you know it's increased my business anything like that yeah i mean it i I don't like talking about it because i could tear up the premise of getting more exposure for the stores so they can make more money uh i know for a fact is working awesome well, thank you, sir, for helping us out. Because, I mean, your show alone is helping all of us, you know, in the toy collecting community. Oh, I also believe that you said on a previous interview that eBay is also helping. Yes, eBay is a sponsor and they've given us money. But what they've also done is, and I'm not an expert with tech stuff, so bear with me, but they gave some sort of like tech kit to us to share with the stores, which we did. And I don't know how it works. I've never sold a 
anything on eBay, but it, it apparently makes it a lot easier for the stores to sell stuff. Yeah, I've noticed a lot of these stores, the ones that are doing the live auctions, they only have an Instagram account. I am kind of curious, why not a full-blown website? I, you're asking the wrong guy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I practically still have a Commodore 64, so uh, I, I don't know. It's a good point, though. On Toys Store near you, there was some uh, criticism of season one that we were too much about COVID and not enough about the toys. So I want the community to know we heard you, and there are load more toys in season two and a lot less COVID. So I just, I want people to know, cause I, I wanna, you know, I don't wanna make, I, I don't want a decision that I made to hurt the stores. So I just really wanna push the fact that we listened and there's a lot more toys. Well, I'm a big fan of it. I thought it was a great balance between in season two, I believe it was at the Batcave that they highlighted the fact that they're the only toy store in America with the last Starfighter. Last, thank you. The last Starfighter. That, that's season two. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah. Season one, I think was like 65% toys, 35% COVID season gotcha. two is probably 85 to 90% toys, 10 to 15% COVID. On these shows, you're always looking for that human element that, you know, connects us and stuff. Yeah, and and we still have that, but... Oh, absolutely. I understood the criticism, which was, first of all, it's not like one person said it. We heard it a lot. Second of all, I got it. It was like, I'm already depressed. I lost my job. I got furloughed. I can't leave my house. I was excited there was a show about toys made by the guy who made the other show about toys that I love. And then all I'm hearing about is COVID. And I understood that. And at the end of the day, our job is to make sure if the audience is nice enough to give us their time, that we entertain them. That's, we didn't change the show, but there's more toys. That's it. Thank you for your time, sir. And again, thank you for all your contributions to the toy collecting community. I mean, very kind. As see, as you could, you know, as I can see, excuse me, that I mean, you got a massive collection right behind you. So, well, what I always, whenever people say that, what I always say is, you should see what's on the other side of the laptop. Wow. That's but, awesome. Thank you, man. I really, this was fun. Thank you. Thank you, sir. So, thanks again to Brian Volk Weiss for that great interview. I'm telling you, people, if you have Amazon Prime Video, go find a toy store near you. Season 2 premieres on Christmas Day, so after you're done watching Wonder Woman, you have something else to watch. Or after you're done opening your toys for Christmas, watch about toys. <laughs> toys are nice. <laughs> <laughs> Remember the movie Small Soldiers? Yes. Um, I always Tommy wanted, Lee Jones. Yeah. Uh, and um, just like the toy store in it was just like... That's like those mom and pop stores. You just don't find that stuff anymore. And that's exactly, if there is one, you know, like you're saying about supporting it. You know, that's really how our country started in a way with these like mom and pop shops. I can remember being a kid and going to stores like that or like the old five and dime, which is like really dating myself, but the, or five and dime, five and 10, they were called. Um, Or Ben Franklin's. Yeah. Yeah. All these types of stores. And I can remember buying things like, and they sold everything there, but, um, in a way, it's a shame that they're gone. 
that um or you know getting well, the Sears catalog in the mail at Christmas time. I like to think the Ben Franklin's Five and Dimes have evolved because we're we're always going to have those mom and pop shops. Small businesses are the backbone of this economy, yeah. especially in America. I mean, yeah, I'm right there with you. I remember every Halloween we'd go to a Five and Dime and get a, a Ben Cooper Halloween costume. Right. You remember those? Nothing. This is not even get off topic, but you remember those crappy plastic masks with the like the rubber band you'd put on your face? Yeah, those were awesome. And like you breathe in, and it's all like sweaty and disgusting, and yeah, like this this plastic outfit that rips between the legs as you're walking around, like this costume. It was anything like them. (laughs) It was even worse for me one year. All I wanted to do that one year because I was He Man the previous year. So this year I'm like I'm going to be Batman. So my mom got me the the plastic costume and stuff. I was sick. I had like a hundred and one fever. And now imagine being trapped in plastic with fever, (laughs) burning up. Oh my god! You melted the plastic. Oh my god! Practically, I mean, granted, it was worth it. It was. It was a good neighborhood, so everybody had candy. But I'll never uh, forget just how miserable I was. I'll, I'll we'll get back to the topic in one second, but I just want to say two things. One was you remember going and buying those outfits, and it was in a box with a clear front, and you knew what you were. So you knew if you were buying like a Dracula outfit, right? There's, right. there's this mask of Dracula, right. but like. They the, also had the tag on the side to see what character. Yeah, but like the plastic thing you'd put on wasn't even of like a tuxedo for Dracula. It was like his face on it. Like yeah, whatever yeah. you would wear, it was like only the mask gave it away. Well, here's what drove me nuts. Your name of the character would be on the plastic suit. Yeah, yeah. So if like yeah. you're Superman, it's like Yeah, there'd be Superman. Yeah, there'd be a giant S and then Superman on top. Yeah. And then you're wearing a red cape. I don't know what gave it away. You yeah. Know? The one year was um my buddy and I, we went trick-or-treating and we went as Ghostbusters and his dad made the backpacks and he took, um, he just built a frame for each of us and um, post the board or O tag or whatever you call it in your neck of the woods and drew the, the Ghostbusters logo on the back. And I remember we went and we won, I think second place at our Cub Scout Halloween party mm-hmm. for best costume. And then we went trick or treating like that. And that was like one of my favorite outfits because every year I was either Indiana Jones, Dracula or Zorro. But that one year was just like, it was, it was pretty cool. So anyway, back to toys. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and believe it or not, you'd still find those costumes at a mom and pop shop. Do they like, I mean, that's part of their, you know, they still make them or you mean like, oh, no, you mean, yeah. The vintage yeah. stuff. Like I it, said, one of the cool things is you get to experience, like I was, I'm still am. Um, we'll talk about it in the news. I love Buck Rogers. Mm-hmm. Never really seen a Buck Rogers figure up close until I, I, found one of these mom and pop stores. So, I mean, that, you know, you can experience something new at or something different at every toy store. And that's the thing. Uh, I love, um, I was in Pittsburgh years ago with my wife. Um, we were dating at the time. We went for a wedding and there was a couple hour, hours to go before the wedding that day. And we just kind of walked around the city and we wound up finding this cool little toy store kind of thing. And I wanted to, you know, just, we were checking it out. So it's cool when you go places and you discover a store like that, you know, especially when you're not from there, because it just kind of like it becomes that memory of that trip. So yeah, like these types of stores are they survive, I guess, by the the locals and the collect the collectors. But um, if you're in a city, also like you know people coming in and out of the city, 
such such as I was in Pittsburgh that day. Now, let me ask you this. With all these toy stores going direct to consumer and, you know, they're making, you know, figures just for you, essentially. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe there'll be a couple of leftovers for restock. But mm-hmm. do you think in the future, like when we're older, do you think that it, we'll still see these figures? I I think it's a good idea in a way. I think. Cause I like, let, let's, sorry. Let's say. Let's say classics or even Thundercats from Super Seven. Okay, these figures were, were basically made to order. You know, right? I'm wondering if are they going to be so scarce that we're never going to see them again? It could it could go that way, but I do like the fact that this is a way to get your toy that you like and not have to worry about it. I mean, it takes out the hunt in a way. You know, you're finding your item at the end of that hunt. Now. Um, Will it take over? Possibility. Will it not take over? Possibility. I, I think one of the the best things that could happen is that if toy stores come back around again, uh, that continues. Cristetto also kind of give you the option of, I can't find it in the store. Uh, I'll just order it from from the company's website. You know, I. Um, but I also think of things like Haslabs and what they're doing to kick like a Kickstarter, so to so to speak, with the like like the uh, Razor Crest. Spoiler. Um, I think that it's cool to build something exclusive that you're gonna put the money down on, and you know, then you're guaranteed. You, you make the amount you guaranteed to get it. I don't think that will be the future. I, I think I hope they continue that because it's cool to have like that exclusive exclusive item. But I I don't think that'll ever become how toy collecting is or toys are made. I, I hope not because you know. Say you're the one you really want this figure and nobody else does. You're like, oh man, did I make that guy from Star Wars in the left row? You know, some kind of weird toy. Um, it's it's all so weird now. There's a lot more options nowadays with online stores and things like that. Like you said, like the uh, direct to to consumer, I think you called it, yeah. which is really helpful. But I guess it's just. The I mean, way. the nice thing about that is, like, you'll see direct to consumer. Let's face it; these figures are expensive, mm-hmm. and rightly so. You know, with tooling and and all that, you're not really getting the volume that you would need to reduce right. the price. But it is nice to see, like Big Bad Toy Store, right. yeah, um, some of these smaller toy companies or toy stores that are buying up a lot of direct to consumer and selling them at their store. So that's always nice. Yeah, like yeah. when I when I went to Toy Fusion, first thing I saw was the sale barge. Really. Yeah, fifteen hundred dollars. Wow. Yeah. How to look the the box? Was it nice? Oh, box was practically mint. Wow. And cool. then they had another one for a thousand that was out of the box. How that look? Like just like how does it look? Is it cool? Is it? Oh, definitely. Yeah, it's everything we've seen on reviews and stuff. Like, can you imagine having that toy? Where would you put it? That's I mean, it's, it's, it's like huge. It, on no fooling, it's about the size of my desk. So is it bigger than the? Uh, was it the 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 USS flag from Jerry no, Joe? No, but I don't think it was as long. Yeah, it might be. It's definitely comparable. But I was gonna call it the Intrepid for a minute. Something <laughs> where my mind was. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's up there on length. Can you imagine being a kid if that toy came out when we were kids? That the the, the sail barge oh. that size for a decent, you know, affordable price. Can you imagine that? Like that would take up your whole basement. Yeah, that'd be like that would be like the best Christmas ever. 
<laughs> He'd be like, "What'd you get for Christmas?" Oh, I got this. Yeah, I got the job of sail barge. I don't oh, care. I'll I'll put it up against my vintage Castle Grayskull any day. That box was so huge Christmas morning. Do you still have the box or no? No, no. You know what my mom did? She cut out the artwork, right? The Rudy Obrero cover or front of the box, and she she turned it into a poster. Nice. Like she, yeah, she found she. I don't like know a frame she, or something. Yeah, but she made it herself out of plastics. Oh, cool. Yeah, like it didn't have a border or anything. It was just pressed in between two pieces of plastic okay. you know, with clips on it. I mean, it was awesome. It looked great in my room. The, no, that's kind of cool, though, because I have um, a card of Han Solo from Return of the Jedi and the Endor outfit with the trench coat from the 80s. Mm-hmm. I always kept that card. I don't know why I kept it. I used to have a scrapbook of Harrison, Harrison Ford when I was a kid. Um, and I still have that card to this day. And what I love about it is that you can see, um, you know, it's a little torn from where the bubble came off. But it was an actual picture on the front of him. And on the back, you could see the figures lined up in a row. And there was like this one that was darkened out because for some reason that figure never got made. And you get the little proof of purchase points with the Kenner symbol on it. And it's it's kind of like um, those are like artifacts, these boxes. You know, just the box itself or a part of it is, is really, really sweet to have. Oh, yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't know if I would ever just buy, you know, like somebody sells the, the card just on the it. Yeah. yeah, but it's. It's really neat to look at, um, and, you know, especially as the years go by, because you remember some of the boxes for like, I think like the Falcon or something, or, or maybe it was the commercials, but they show like these kids dressed up in 1970s or 80s outfits playing with the toy. And um, you look back at it and you're like, good Lord, do we dress like that? All right, Tom, what do you say we get into some toy news? Let's do it. All right. One of the things I, I really like coming out, um, it's probably sold out at this point there back in the day. They had um, Kenner back in the old days, not the 90s. They, Kenner made these great 12-inch toys. They did uh, New Hope and Empire. And they are releasing the Jumbo Kenner Boba Fett prototype. Um, from Gentle Giant. From Gentle Giant. Now, this thing, if you've ever seen the prototype of Boba Fett before the movie, the, basically the outfit was all white. And this is when they were doing a test testing of what, you know, kind of like what the alpha would look like, you know, the, the cape or the whatever he wears, you know, call it a cape, if you like, that he has on. It was actually a Star Wars beach towel, um, which I actually, as a kid, had that towel, which is kind of cool. So this toy that's coming out, just pre-ordered, it's only being 500 made. It, it looks like it's that outfit but it looks like your action figure. The best part about it is got, it's got a recreation of the beach towel. So this would be your behind the scenes action figure of what your Boba Fett would look like, but it's 12 inches. Now, if that's not cool enough and anybody who has um, like a making of the Empire Strikes Back book, you can look in it. You'll see black and white photos of this um, to get a better explanation. It's coming on a retro style card and it's resealable, the collector's package, which I love those. I, I've never, I don't know what that looks like, that type of packaging, but I'm thinking that's like, I mean, the way I've seen it, I've only seen it in Mythic Legions from the Horseman. Mm-hmm. Basically, so the actual plastic bubble just holds and wraps around the card. Okay. So basically, you can just pull the 
card straight out, play with it, and then when you're done, you can put it back in, and then you just slide the card right back in. So that there's no damage to the card in opening the figure? No. Oh, that, that's that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't... Th- th- this toy, it looks so, so sweet, man. Um, and with, with Fett back, um, you know, nothing can stop the Mandalorians, so this is just a... If you're a Boba Fett fan, if you're a Mandalorian fan, this this is uh, this is the way. Now we have to talk about this. This is the that giant was... collecting elephant in the room. Yes, so, I'm gonna be honest with you. This broke people, my heart. Hold on one second. Spoilers, super spoilers. If you have not seen the Mandalorian episode, the I don't know which one. Yeah, just. Stop right now and just fast forward it because something happens to our beloved Razor Crest. And we're going to get into it right now. So, three, two, one is your final warning. They blew up the freaking Razor Crest. I was like, WTF when it happened. So, I'm not going to say the words. Uh, and I almost didn't believe what I saw with my own eyes. I have been pimping this ship. <laughs> For has labs for how many episodes? The worst part was when we went last. This just happened like a week ago, and when we went to Red Bank, you were like, "Tell me what happens." I was like, "I don't know, Tommy." Uh, like I didn't want to like tell you the news because it's you know something that terrible. This thing is not just blown up to pe- it's, it's it's ashes. ashes. I mean, the only thing that survived was his the spear. spear. Which, and let's face it, you might as well go to your your um, chimney and sweep out some ashes and put it in a bag and say, that's your razor crest. Now, this broke my heart. This is my top three ships out of Star Wars is the Falcon, a Y-Wing, and this. Um, I love this thing. And maybe you'll get another one down the that's, line. That's yeah. what I'm hoping for because so, so many people bought one. Purchased one. Yep. You know, I mean, and it wasn't cheap. No, by no means. You know, it was, I'm, I mean, no, it's still beautiful. You either have a holy grail on your hands. Here's what I'm thinking <laughs> they can't possibly do this to us. And you know what was funny? I, I don't know if I said it on air, but I did tell somebody, boy, wouldn't it be messed up if they blew it up or something? Ha 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 ha. <laughs> and they freaking did it. Well, here's the thing if you're looking at this from like, um, a, a writer's perspective. What what a thing to do! Like to blow up his ship. Never saw it coming. Sure, he's taking some fire. Jawas took it apart. It, you know all, all these things. Right, it went through nobody, hell. It yeah, survived a spider. Nothing blew it up, and that's the point. It's like that is a write yourself in a corner kind of thing. And like, all right, how do you get yourself out of this one? Now, here's um, my theory. Go ahead. Okay, I don't mean to interrupt you. No, no, never, never. So I'm, I'm trying to be really positive about this because it, it's just heartbreaking. This show episode is a lot of but, balancing going. It's like a yin-yang of our series. Yeah. You do see a Razor Crest in episode seven. Right. Right outside of so, uh, Maz's uh, yes, bar. When when Han is talking to Ray. Right. Now, so... These are there ships. are other Razor Crests out there, yes. so yes, the model got to get one. Just like there's other like model, um, I don't want to say other Falcons, but of that type of Corellian Corvette, which I believe the Falcon is. You know, there's right. other types of these ships. 
So yes, he can get another he's, one. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah. He's got to get another. One. I, I, I'm thinking third season. That's along the way. That's going to happen somehow. Maybe in one of the spinoffs. It's going to happen. It has to happen because. You know, um, but here, here's where. Here's what drives me crazy about the timing. We're not getting another Mandalorian season until next Christmas. Well, that's yeah. a year out. Think of Razor this. Crest is coming out in the fall. Okay. Well, think about it this way. That's like, well, yeah, that's like lemon juice in a cup. But if you stood the Empire Strikes Back in the theater, and you and Darth Vader says he's Luke's father, how many years does Jeff have to wait before Jedi? And because you're thinking, no way. You were like, no. He's not the father. He's lying, and, and you know, you know, we were lucky that we had uh, HBO or whatever to to watch all the movies. And you're like, yeah, I remember when he said that. Yeah, it's true. You know, like you didn't have to wait on that mystery. Um, and that's true because Jedi was the only one I ever saw in theaters. See, there you go. So like, this is like, it's it's a cliffhanger, and it's kind of. You don't get it. You don't get enough cliffhangers in life in a franchise that you care about enough to make you scream like that. Yeah. And um, enjoy the pain <laughs> because when they fix it, you're going to be glad, but you're going to be sad as well because that pain is gone. It, it, it's like, you know, Phantom Limb in a way. It's the Phantom Menace is what this is. Us. Um, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm spoiled. It's a, it's I don't a, like to. It's a tricky move what they did. Um, yeah. It reminds know. me of Night Rider. Did you ever watch Night Rider? Of course, yeah. Okay, you remember when Kit died? He went in that vat of acid. Oh jeez, I remember. And we thought, yeah, we thought that was the end of Kit. I remember when Kit fought Car. Yeah, and then then next uh, next season he's all souped up now. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. They kind of like the ratings are dropping. You got to fix Kit. Yeah. Mr. Feeney, the yeah. voice of Kit. He's so cool. <laughs> so that's our take. Stay with us, kids. We're, we're bound. Mando's bound to get a new one. So Mezco is coming out with the 112. We've seen this at Toy Fair with the Predator. It's now available for pre-order at Mezco.com, MezcoToys.com. And let's get those mandibles going. Oh my god, he's badass! I mean, he's got netted fabric bodysuit. He's got different mouths, so you can change his expression. Light up features. That's cool. Yeah. Have you ever seen what he was supposed to look like? What he did look like before they changed the alien head? No. Van John John Claude Van Damme was originally the alien, and um. His face looked like a leech. You can look on the internet. It was, I believe, James Cameron's idea to give him like that mandible kind of thing. And that is, it does, it doesn't exactly scream alien or aliens, but it does make me think of it. But what a cool looking alien with that mouth, you know, especially when it opens, it's just like, whoa, you know, like very wicked, very cool. I love the fact he comes. One of his accessories is a skull and a spine. Yeah, <laughs> that's nuts. It's all like painted red, so it was like like freshly won. Yeah, this is a guy talking about the hunt. He's, he's just he doesn't stop. Yeah, 
You know what's nice about this figure? Only a hundred bucks. I mean, they look, at, look at Ghost Rider last week. Oh, I forgot. Last how much, episode. How much was he? He was so expensive. He was like three something. Oh, yeah. But, you know, for, for what the Predator does, I think it's a comparable price. You know, I would, I, if I was really into Predator, I would totally get this. And this is the deluxe edition. Yeah. The, the, the only thing I think it's missing is like a bag of antifreeze for his blood when he bleeds. So it always made me think of antifreeze. But um, yeah, this is a really nice looking toy. It's got a nice uh, base. It says Predator. It's got the little um, stick, I guess. The, the post. He comes, yeah, the he comes with a ton of cool accessories. And two, like the necklaces and the, the gun that pops over his shoulder and the helmet. So yeah, this is a this is a nice toy. This is something if you're a sci-fi fan or uh, you know, whatever. Yeah, if you love Predator, this is the figure for you. Buy a couple of them. You can make an army. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, that's right. right. Yeah. yeah. If you're if you're into if you can if you can afford it. If you can afford it and if you have the talent of repainting, dude. Oh yeah. So Todd over at McFarland Toys announced a Batman Beyond figure. First name basis, Tommy? Yep. <laughs> I love it. Go ahead. Ian, Sorry. Ian Todd. Going out after this. You know what? Of all the times I've interviewed him, sweet guy. He's like, Mr. McFarland's my dad. I was like, okay. <laughs> I'm busting on you. Go ahead. He uh, announced there will be a Batman Beyond figure. Looks pretty cool. So is this the prototype that we're looking at? Or is this the actual? Yes. No, you know it's I mean? prototype. Yeah, For a I prototype, think... that's pretty cool. Looking. Yeah. The wings, the wings are, nice. are, yeah. are articulated. Nice. The only thing I can't figure out is why is there a hole in it? Where? In the wings. I, I'm thinking, because if you look at his arms, it looks like it's going to connect into something sticking out of the wrist or the, or the forearm. Oh, good so that, point. Like, you know, it sticks to his arm and he can kind of fly. Yeah. Like, you know? That's yeah, what I point. think. Yeah, you're probably um, right. He is a little bit built too much with that thousand pack going on in his abs, but, you know. Um, well, it's a bodysuit. That's true. Really. That's true. Um, it is an, It is pretty sweet looking. Um, this is a going to be a popular toy. Yes, yeah, it'll do well. This, this is a pretty nice one that's coming out in the spring of twenty twenty one. Yep, along with all the heavy metal figures. Nice. And then currently out, so you can get them for Christmas, are the Dune figures. Okay, so are you a Dune fan? I am not. Okay, I'm I've never not. Read the books, never seen the movies. I saw the movie when I was young. I don't think it was for me, only well, because I was sting. I was extremely bored watching yeah. that first Dune movie. Our so buddy, you know, our buddy Richard, into he likes Dune, but I, I just, I tried to watch it. I, Maybe the remake will be better. It's got a following. Yeah. Oh, definitely. The um, wife can't wait for it to be on HBO Max. Oh, really? Yeah. See, there you go. Maybe you'll like it now. Um, <laughs> maybe I'll have to like it. Now. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, but you never know. Sometimes it, sometimes you're too young to appreciate it. That's what I think. Yeah. I mean, um, I may, I mean, I'm not a sand person, but I, I may give it another shot. You, know, you hate sand like Anakin? Yeah, it gets everywhere. It gets everywhere. <laughs> so the bill of figure is Beast Rabin. And then these figures are available at Target or smaller mom and pop shops. And the first wave is Paul 
Andreas, Lady Jessica, Duncan Idaho. Is that what it is? is his name? Duncan Idaho. I believe so. And that is a crazy name. Still Stilgar. Stilgar. Yeah. I'm sorry to all the Dune fans. I, I don't mean to butcher it on purpose. Yeah, except for Duncan Idaho, because that name is just like we're probably well, pronouncing that wrong. Well, it reminds me of Buckaroo Banzai. Yeah. Where are you? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm Reno, Nevada. Where are you? I'm Jersey. <laughs> Who is it? Um, yes to the first, no to the second. <laughs> um, any uh, Mandalorian fans? Something sweet coming out. It's a Nerf Mandalorian Ambon Phase Pulse Blaster coming out at Amazon. It's that long gun that he has to disintegrate the Jawas. Yeah. Um, that's, that was originally shown in the Star Wars Holiday Special when we first see the Boba Fett animated part. Um, $119, which, I don't know. Do you think that's kind of pricey for Nerf gun? Yeah. I have it, no idea. I mean, I mean, well, some of those Nerf guns get up there. Like, okay. There's I one with a revolver that was like 85 bucks or something. Really? A target, uh, yeah. I haven't had a Nerf toy since um, Nerf fencing came out. Yeah, me neither. But um, this is pretty cool, though, that, uh, that they made this. And then, also, you can use this, you know, to be a nerf herder. So, and then somebody leaked out the Marvel Elementals figures from Hasbro based on the Marvel movie. Right? How did did you see what they looked like? I did. They're standard. You know, yeah. Looks like you know nothing special. Although the artwork, Hasbro's keeping up with that. That new bookcase artwork, like one figure, you know, leads into the next and okay. on and so forth. So, mm-hmm. so the packaging is nice. Um, you know, it's basically a Legends action figure. Now, the reason why I'm talking this down is I, I'm, I'm a Kirby fan, but I still don't get Elementals. I know they're like the heart of the actual Marvel universe, but I'm just not. I have no idea. I always thought Spider Man was the heart of it. To be honest with you. <laughs> Now, speaking of Spider-Man, yes. his amazing friend... I love that show. ...just got her own action figure again, but with a special accessory. That's right. Miss Lion has her own figure, folks. This figure's articulated like crazy. Firestar, sorry. Uh, it, it looks great. It's got a lot of articulations. It's a little puppy dog. Um, I would like to see a Iceman and a Spider-Man come out. Yes. For these. Is that in the works? Or Definitely. I have no idea. I mean... Did you watch that? If, did, did you watch, watch it as a kid? I own it. Do you? I love yeah. that show. That was the best show ever. I mean, looking back, it's probably horrible, but... You know, Not like, even. I mean, granted, I, I make fun of the music every now and then. Because <laughs> yeah. it's like that 70s, like... Yeah, exactly. Was it Frank Walker who did... Iceman, I believe. Yes. Yeah. Frank and Dirk. then Michael Bell, who I was first exposed to, he does Peter Parker. Yeah, that was a great show. It's Wait, just... was it Michael Bell? No, I'm sorry, folks. I screwed up again. It wasn't Michael Bell. It was somebody else. The same guy that did Bumblebee on Transformers. It would be interesting to know who did uh, Miss Lyon's voice. Did the, any dog noises? Might have been Frank Frank Welker. That's what I'm thinking. It probably he, was yeah, Frank Welker. Really good with the animal noises. Yeah, and it's a decent price at uh, 
Yes, standard price, but I, I do. I mean, the colors are great. It yeah. looks just like her. She yeah. comes with additional heads. And the other thing is that hairstyles with all this articulation on it. If you're one of, one of the people who, um, who I see these talented people on Instagram who makes that motion with their toys, this figure will do a lot of um, good. Be good for a lot of animation, you know, because of the um, articulation. No, just throwing it out there. I want to see her like in a new warrior setting with a bunch of new warrior characters, like a Vance Astro oh, figure. Yeah, because if you read the New Warriors by Mark Bagley and Fabian Nicieza, mm-hmm. she was actually dating Vance Astro. I don't even know who that is. In the New Warriors. Yeah, I don't. So yeah. I mean, she can she can fit anywhere. I mean. You could put her with the X-Men. She'd fit right. right in. You could put her with Spidey. But you're right, though. We definitely need a an amazing friend Iceman now. I mean, yeah, if you're, if you're putting out the dog, it's like you, you got to commit. And did you see the box? No. It's, it's, the, it's the background. Well, the box background is their living room. See that? Where, where the couches more... turn yeah. into the computer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, how does Spider-Man afford that, by the way? The guy couldn't have two nickels to rub together, and he's got, like, this whole technology. He built it himself. Yeah, like, like he's rotating the floor. These are load-bearing walls, you know? Don't worry about it. But uh, if they have that kind of background, then there maybe there is these other figures coming. Because really, why would you put her on that background? Instead That'd of, like, awesome. you know, like, just some regular... They have to come out with that Iceman. Yeah, and him, and that set. Make yeah. the flipping, flipping walls. Force. So, uh, Super Seven Thundercats reaction with original toy colors is coming out. Tom, are you a Thundercats fan? Yes, actually. I don't know anything about Thundercats. I'm going to be honest with you. What? I really don't. Yeah, there he is. That's a really nice looking toy that you have there. Um, it came out of the universe puck a little, little bit after my time. Um, not that I'm really older than you but like it's like a year difference but i just never watched it so um i do like if you love the ljn figures these reaction figures are right up your alley yeah i like and i you know know i mean i'm I'm a fan of the reactions so um i like to see whatever they put out as a reaction figure well then you're gonna love this next one (laughs) I, i love how this guy's all right so it's the um Mars attacks reaction figures. And this is just a picture of the alien enjoying himself, like frying a dude. Like it's just the most, the guy's face is, is, uh, the toy being burnt alive is is just priceless. (laughs) You know Uh, what I love about the, now I'm not a big reaction guy, but I know you are. Yes. But I think for some reason, because Mars attacks was actually originated from uh, uh, the tops card Top training cards. Yeah. And I think this is the perfect size for them. Like I remember when the movie came out, mm-hmm. they had like five inches. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know what? Uh, I think, I think like the reaction size, these, these yeah. four inch figure, I think that's a great size for them. It, it looks good. The detail, um, the little barge, um, excuse me, the like little bell jar over his head. You know, the, the, the glass dome. Yeah. Dome. It looks, it just looks great. I mean, I wish there was a front picture. This is a profile we're looking at. This is a preview. 
this is okay. So this though looks really cool, and it does have that 1950s spacesuit look to it, which yes. is also nice. Um, that whole you know science fiction, science fiction. You know, like one of the problems with Disney World in in, in uh, um, one of their the I can't Jesus I can't think of the name off the top of my head where there's supposed to be like um so, like a science section the, the land of tomorrow or future land jeez um is like how do you keep expanding on that and making it look futuristic that's one of the things i like about the the 50s sci-fi is that it's a hokey but it's like it's yeah it's so retro it's cool yeah and it, yeah. And it, it has its own look that is always definable when you see it you're like oh it's like 50 sci-fi right there but yeah this you know it's got the green and the purple and it's just it looks really cool i can't wait to see more of the of these when they start releasing more more images yeah and then mattel released images of the masters of the universe mega constructs wave four which will include Scareglow, manny faces trap draw roboto and triclops is that triclops color is that a different type of green than they originally than the originals one came out with well, yeah. the original he had different colors. But oh, really? This might be, yeah. This might be. I always thought it was a darker green. That, that maybe that's just my imagination. Think about. Well, I think it's a part of the the Mega Constructs line. Like everything is okay. a lot brighter and stuff. Okay. Although, yeah. you know, Roboto is not see through. Like he doesn't have gears. Like and he normally would. Didn't have the word Mister in front of him. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I don't. I mean. I'm assuming Manny Face is going to change heads. That little thing on top looks like it would make it spin. Yeah. But if, if they're giving Trap Drawer like three extra, like it looks like he's got a spatula, pirate hook, and a claw. That's his so, uh, fly swatter. Okay. It's even worse. Fly swatter. But, you know, like if they're giving him those attachments for the arm, I would think they would make the head spin. Yeah. And, and that's yeah. the same thing for Triclops. Like, does, will his little eye there will that, that, spin as well? Yeah, that'll probably spin. Yeah, I, w- I would think so. I would I mean, hope so too. Yeah, Scarecrow's plot probably gonna glow go in the dark. Yeah, so a person I can't believe how 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 Scarecrow has become a fan favorite. I don't, I don't know years. much about him. Did he come out later on in the series? Yeah, he was one of the later waves. Okay, yeah, so uh, I, vintage. But yeah, people just gravitated. So he has nothing to do with Skeletor, does he? Therein lies the great, like, debate. Because originally, in the Vintage line, his tagline was Evil Ghost of Skeletor. Mm-hmm. So, for a while, people thought, oh, I guess Skeletor died, and now he's back as Scareglow. Right. But when Classics came out, they gave him a whole different bio. He was no longer the Ghost, Ghost of Skeletor. Skeletor. Right. He was uh, a bounty hunter who was obsessed trying to break into Castle Grayskull. What did he want? Just the Grayskull secrets. Yeah. Yeah. The power. Yeah. And so, and they, they really did a good bio on him. They did him justice. So he is now a prisoner and his chain comes with, a, I, I don't know the proper word, but it's something like a key. And on top of the key is a little miniature, uh, symbol of Castle Grayskull. Yeah, yeah. Is it a skeleton key? Because he's right. a skeleton. Now let's get into some 
you're right. This is a roller coaster episode. We got good news <laughs> and bad news. DuckTales got canceled. The reboot. Yeah. Now, here's um, what upsets me about this. And we touched on it on our Disney special, which is currently airing right now. It was overpriced. They yeah. had all this talent. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I don't think they needed keep David Tennant, in my opinion. And I was never thrilled. Hire, just hire, you know, voice actors. I don't need. I, I'm going to be honest. I was never thrilled with his, his Scottish accent <laughs> as Scrooge. He just did not sound like Scrooge to me. And that's for a guy. I know. That's the problem. <laughs> like, you got an authentic Scottish guy and he sounds nothing Scottish to me <laughs> compared to the American. The, the Scottish Canadian who did the voice originally for, right. for years, but that's a petty insult, I guess. The show was great. Yeah, it was introduced. You know, characters Don- that, Donald's sister know. and oh my god, I loved that episode or episodes. Now, are you sure it's because of overpriced, or do you think that's just your? Is that your opinion, or is that a confer- confirmation? That's the rumor I heard. Because normally Disney on the Disney channel and, and really anything, they normally give their shows like three seasons and then they'll cancel them or stop producing them because they got enough for syndication. And I, I wouldn't honestly be surprised if that's the case with this. Um, but I mean, does, I've, I've heard a whole bunch of stuff. It doesn't make I heard sense. It was overpriced, right. Overpriced ratings were going down. You know, I just, like I said, I don't need, I just need a good voice actor that can fit the character. I don't need, you know, I don't need Tom Hanks playing Dewey, you know? Mm, you know, I know what I say. Get Jess Harnell. Yeah, uh, get those guys. I mean, awesome. You know, they could go on forever. You know? Yeah, yeah, they're great. That's such a talent, too. Not only can they do a voice, but to be able to sing in that voice, I've always found interesting. Like, it's, I can't sing or do a voice, so. Uh, so... This Spider-Man going on. This news and news and news about Spider-Man, constantly about um, characters who might be making cameos. We were getting word that Alfred Molina will be um, possibly cameoing as Doc Ock in the Spider-Man Three. Doc which, Ock, which I think is awesome. I, I that's the my favorite Spider-Man movie. Yes. Um, I love the fight it's still scene. The, yeah, to me, it's still the best. Uh, it, it's great. When he fights on the building, when, when he's fighting on the train, uh, I still watch that on YouTube. Uh, I just uh, love it. The train um, and the diner scene with the car flying right through. Oh, yeah. And, or in the bank when he like just kicks Aunt May out of the way. <laughs> he's like, get out of here, you old bag. No, he doesn't say that. He's, he's respectable to his aunt. Yeah. Um. This is interesting because of all the characters, or excuse me, all, all characters or actors, they're bringing back um, supposedly for cameos. Um, all I, the I, women, all the women, and just Chris the sons. Yeah, this um, Gwen. Yeah, uh, all the Spider Men. You know, we're gonna have um, Andrew Garfield. We're gonna have uh, Tobey Maguire. You know, like will they be together in a scene? I don't know. And one of the things I liked so much about Garfield, Andrew Garfield playing Spider-Man was his Peter Parker was very shy and awkward. But I, I don't, I, I see you disagree with the face. Uh, however, um, I loved his Spider-Man because the way they made him crawl 
seemed very um i guess spider like stupidest word but uh, you know he he, he had a uh, his own style to it he didn't just look like uh oh this is how they did it in the first spider-man one we'll just continue with that he they made him crawl and do things a little differently you know um i'm taking it you didn't like him or i he's my least favorite spider-man okay it's, yeah i that's fair i mean it's always Everybody gonna be the same yeah over yeah. toby mcguire is my spider-man but just he he seemed too pompous for me okay like he stole some guy's badge you know to get in the oh, to right, where right, Gwen right. was working right. and i'm just like peter wouldn't do that he'd be clever and you know come up with a decent joke but he's a skateboarder tommy yeah right <laughs> where'd that die from? i didn't mind that i used to skateboard but um uh i felt though that i didn't like what they did with the green goblin and then, yeah. um, you know, there were, there was, you know what, the the best, like I said, the, my favorite is second Maguire movie, uh, one and three uh, Maguire had their moments as did, um, the amazing Spider-Man's. I had some good moments and, um, Tom Holland, as much as I like him, I think he looks great as, as Peter Parker and Spider-Man. I don't think it's perfect so i think it has its moments as well so it's you know it's tough to get one person to play this character that everybody's gonna like you know like everybody has a different batman so it's you know same concept but it's you know so legendary tv has announced that brian k vaughn will be a showrunner on a rebooted buck rogers tv show You will be watching this, right? Definitely. I'm still a fan of the Gil Gerard. What? Wait, show. What are they going to air this on? On regular TV or like a streaming service? I have no idea. Probably, Probably no. streaming. Yeah, I don't think so. Right? Everything's streaming now. Yeah. I mean, so that's the like, future of TV. There's no casting yet or anything like that? No, they literally just announced this. I think everybody is because of all the Mickey Mouse stuff. That was announced. Everyone's like playing catch up now, except Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers was like, "Screw you, people! We're we're firing people. We're we're putting everything on HBO Max and over the theaters, and yeah, and we're firing everybody and putting a Batman statue out front." Yes, I'd have that Batman statue. I'm surprised it wasn't Superman. To be honest with you, Superman isn't selling, buddy. Everybody wants to be Batman. (laughs) Well, do I detect something there, Tom? Peter Dinklage <laughs> is going to be the new Toxic Avenger. He's New Jersey's superhero, the Toxic Avenger. Um, he's our state superhero. I remember, I probably mentioned this before, but the original Toxic Avenger, <laughs> the diner scene was down the street where I grew up in Harrison. Yeah. Um, trauma films. They, they are a staple of New Jersey. Um, but how do you feel about Peter Dinklage? I don't mind. You know what? Like, is he going to be Marvin and then then I, like a CGI Toxie? Because I heard the budget's pretty big. You know, honestly, I don't know. Um, it's going in a different direction in a way since to- since he was rather tall in the movie, it was like six feet at least. Yeah. Um, that's not any disrespect towards Peter Dinklage or a little person. Um, it's pretty interesting for the casting. It, it's 
maybe he'll just make uh you know they can do motion capture so he can still act as Toxie if, if he gets mutated to be taller That's or true. they can just make him up and he can still be Toxie you know it's yeah. there so many things that we don't know about this so they're going to stick it close to the original or they're going to make it more like the cartoon or they're going to you know it's just like where is it going so yeah. you know we'll, we'll find out when we see the first picture but now here's uh, some old news because we skipped a week. Florence Poe? I'm, I'm hoping I pronounced that right. She is going to be the new Black Widow for the MCU after you know, they released the Black Widow movie. But she will be reprising her said role in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier this season on Disney+. Plus. Which, yeah. Which looks pretty interesting. Yeah, and there's a rumor she might actually make an appearance on another show. On another Disney Plus show. They say which one? I'm trying to think. No. Sorry. Not that I've figured out. So sad news, people. Oh, Hawkeye. I'm sorry. She's going to be on Hawkeye. We got some sad news. For those of you who have been wondering if Grogu, Baby Yoda, is a love child of Yoda and Yaddle, it's not. Yaddle died between episodes one and two. In fact, we don't know if that's true or not. I don't know if Yoda got busy, but Yaddle did die between episodes one and two. Because um, that was one of the theories, uh, the discussion points I remember having, with, I think with you, Tom, about Ahsoka Tana saying, I've never seen another species of, of this kind. You know, like, well, other than Yoda. And like, yo, dude, what about Yaddle? Exactly. I mean, how can you forget a name like that? But um, so that was the explanation why, you know, she just was between you know the first movie, Phantom Menace and Clone Wars, Yaddle died, I guess, in battle. Yaddle battle. And um that's why that that line rings true. But yeah, that's crazy. I still bring this point out. There was a uh, an alien Jedi who was small like Yoda, a little taller maybe. He was pink. And he had like this like um gashes over his one eye and i don't know his name but um if any of our viewers remember that i think he was in episode one when, when all the jedis were lined up um please send uh send us a word if you remember him or did i just make this up it's like seeing pink elephants when you're done both did i see a pink yoda i don't know so have you seen the yoda artwork for the high republic that's coming out uh, I don't think I have. All right, so picture Yoda with a six-pack. What? Completely ripped. Ripped I am. Yes. Oh, my God. He's he's he's, the cover. he's Fabio. He's uh. Fabio Yoda. So, Hasbro, if you're listening, make a Fabio Yoda figure. It'll be a collector's item. Why are they making him built? Like, I don't know. That makes no sense. It was so funny when I saw it. I mean... I'm hoping. I, I'm pretty sure it was official. I'm hoping it wasn't fan art, but it was so funny. I, I mean, like, it's a fan art. I don't mean to be disrespectful. This to is the cover of a romance novel of a Star Wars romance. Oh my god! It, it's it, him and Yaddle. That's how we got Yaddle. It, yeah, yeah. She uh, six pack. I have. <laughs> and uh, uh, I guess those midichlorians do a body good. I don't know, right? Um, I have so not folks, seen that. <laughs> Help each other out. Go to hashtag collectors helping collectors. 
see if you can help out or see if you can find something you're looking for. Somebody else will help you out. Please support your local mom and pop shops or small businesses, your local comic book store. You know, be safe, wear a mask, go out, support these businesses. Once again, thank you to Brian Volk Weiss of a toy store that made a toy store near you, which will be premiering on Amazon Video Christmas Day. So when you're done with Wonder Woman, right around the corner, folks, Christmas. Yeah, when you're done with Wonder Woman, give it a watch. You know, who knows? Maybe you'll discover a toy store in your town you didn't know yeah, about. Or, or, or close by. So thank you to Brian Salvatore for our intro and outro music. Thank you to Scott Knightlick at Spectre Creative. Thank you to Shared Universe Podcast Studio. Please join the conversation with us and email us at toyspodcast at gmail.com. Please let me know about the pink Yoda. Listen to all of us on all the major platforms, Podbeam, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadios, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. For information and toy reviews, log into www.toy-lines.com for all the latest toy reviews and to see pictures of what we're actually talking about. Follow us on social media at Twitter and Instagram at ToyLines. Facebook, you can find us under two names, at Toy Lines or Toy Shelf Magazine. So, yeah, basically just help each other out. Be safe. And, oh, I want to announce we have a Christmas contest going on. Please subscribe or give us a review. You know, five stars. Be nice. But if you want to enter the contest... Just give us a review. We're going to randomly pick out someone who gives us a review, and then they're going to get a surprise from NECA. It is one of the Ninja Turtles. Ah, can I enter? <laughs> but not the seven-inch ones. These are going to be the giant-sized movie turtles. We have Sweet. a whole bunch. All we want to do is give them away to lucky people. I put them out on collectors, helping collectors. Everybody wants the smaller ones. So play with your toys, folks. See you next week. Take care. Did you watch the X-Men cartoon as a kid? Did you buy Spider-Man number one the day it came out? Did you collect superhero trading cards and action figures? Then have we got the podcast for you. That's right, it's... Wizards, Wizards, the the podcast podcast guide guide to to comics. comics. The exciting show where Adam, that's me. And Michael, that's me. Will take you through the 90s comic book boom through the pages of Wizard Magazine, one issue at a time. We have so much fun reliving that crazy time of chromium covers and speculative comic book buying. Plus, we get to see where this whole hubbub about superhero movies really began. So, we invite you to join us every other week on the Retro Network podcast feed. We can't wait to go back in time and uh, flip through those comic books you used to read. So, we'll see you then. And until next time, keep your books bagged and boarded. Hi, I'm Marvelous Joe. And I'm his twin brother, Johnny DC. And together, we host the Dynamic Duel Podcast, a weekly show where we debate who has the superior characters between Marvel and DC, which we help prove through stat-based simulations of battles between your favorite Marvel and DC characters. We also review the latest Marvel and DC films to hit theaters. We'd love to have you come listen as we have a blast every Tuesday. 
Check out Dynamic Duel at dynamicduel.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.